Welcome to the Commands of Christ podcast brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. We're excited about guiding people to the Word of God to experience the abundant life and to be encouraged as they walk as disciples of Jesus all through the power of Christ living in us. And now, your hosts, Gabe Cleeter and Nate Payne. Gabe, it's great to be back in the studio with you. We are concluding the command of Christ, rejoice. This command can be found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 12. The verse before it, I kind of like to read or quote because it kind of gives its context. And the verse before it says, Blessed are ye, Jesus says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and shall persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And then it says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they, the prophets, which were before you. So in this final episode on the command of Christ, rejoice, we want to give our listeners a takeaway point. We want to, what, Gabe, what do you think is the end goal of suffering and rejoicing when we suffer for the sake of Jesus? That's a good question and a big question. I think we see part of the answer actually in a testimony from Scripture, from um, the testimony of Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. And because I think it illustrates, as we look at the question, like what you're kind of saying is what's God's end goal and as rejoicing and persecution and revilement and and things that way, like what is God trying to accomplish That's through right. it? Oftentimes our focus is, well, it makes me uncomfortable or focused on me, but, when right. I, but, uh, but our minds are now starting to be renewed and we're like, okay, well, what's God's goal in it? What's right. God trying to accomplish through it? And I think it's illustrated really well with Paul and Silas and because you see they've been out serving the Lord. They were out preaching the gospel. They were serving God and they get taken captive and they get beat. And then not only are they taken captive, not only they're beat, but then they're taken and they're thrown in a dungeon. Now, mm. Scripture's very specific here, but not only were they thrown into a dungeon, it says specifically in the innermost right, dungeon. Right, Now, I would assume that the innermost dungeon is like the, 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 the super worst, max. worst right? <laughs> right? Right, in the, prison. It's like the super max, yeah. Uh, that's right. And so they're thrown there in the innermost dungeon. You picture, and I, I'm picturing in my mind, obviously Scripture doesn't give us all the details of the sure, setting, so yeah. I'm just picturing it in my mind here. But you're picturing like these, these two men, they have open, bleeding backs, and Right. Against these stone walls. Yeah. The scripture says their hands and feet were in stocks, right? So yep. their hands and feet are clamped into stocks. They're sitting there in this dark, dank, miserable, probably rat infested prison with a lot of other hardened criminals. You know, they're there for 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 Jesus, right? They're suffering right. for the Lord's sake. Right. Um, I mean, I think this like is a perfect picture of persecuted, reviled, and falsely accused sitting right there in this yes. prison cell. And you could see how these these men could have had this idea of like, Lord, we were serving you. And we got into this mess. Like, you know what wow. I mean? Like, Lord, we were preaching, we were sharing the gospel, and look where we ended up. But they didn't do that. Because hmm. I believe they saw life from God's perspective. They yep. saw what God was doing in through it, and they had the power of Christ dwelling in them. And I love this, because instead of murmuring, instead of be cl- complaining, instead of becoming bitter or disillusioned, here's what they did. The scripture says at midnight. Now, it's interesting. I wonder if they were thinking of in Psalm 119 where David said, at midnight, I will rise to give you thanks. Wow. Now, I don't know if that's what they were thinking of, but it could be. But it says at midnight, and I love this, they began to sing wow. praise to the Lord. <laughs> that, I feel like, embodies our command perfectly. It does. Rejoicing it does. in the midst of persecution. And such was the power of singing in the midst of the darkest and most bleak 
bleak circumstances, Scripture said the earth started to quake. It was like the ground shook. That's it's right. Like God was like, yeah, all right. Like, yeah, it was like the ground right. was shaking because these men were walking in obedience to Jesus' command, right, to rejoice in the midst of persecution. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know what the Scripture says? that their stocks fell off. They were set free when they rejoiced. And I feel like there's a real important principle here is that when we rejoice in suffering and difficulty, we're set free. Not necessarily set free from the situation, but we're set free on the inside. We're set free from the bondage of discouragement and depression and fear when we choose to rejoice and give thanks, even in the midst of revilement and false accusation. Right, because it's it's a choice of our will, right? Mm-hmm, that's yeah. right. And so as they made this choice to rejoice, if you want to put it that way, by the power of Christ's spirit that's right. in them, it was like they were set free. And that's an amazing truth. But what I think is incredible is it doesn't stop there. Not only were they set free, but it says all the other prisoners were set free wow. too. And I think this is the power of rejoicing. That's right. Not only are we set free, but those around us are set free too. Because the reality is we're all contagious. We're all carrying yep. something. Yep. We're either carrying murmuring and complaining, which is very contagious, more contagious right. in fact, even the coronavirus, right, yep. is murmuring and complaining. Um, it's very contagious and very deadly, right? Mm-hmm. So we're either carrying murmuring and complaining or we're carrying rejoicing and thanksgiving. We're all contagious. So the question is, what are we carrying? And you see Paul and Silas were carrying the love of Jesus. Oh, they were yeah. carrying a heart of rejoicing that would sing even in the most bleak and dark of circumstances. And those around them were set free too. You know, our choice to rejoice and give thanks doesn't just affect us. It affects our families. It affects our coworkers. It affects those around us. And that's one of the reasons I think there's so much weight on this command is because the deep effect it has on our lives. But even that's not all. Not only were they set free, not only were those around them set free, but this is amazing, right? So the jailer, when he saw what was going to happen, he was about to commit suicide because he thought all my prisoners right. are going to escape. And Paul stopped him and said, no, we're all still here. And someone brought this out, and I thought this was so good. They said he, they chose to stay in the prison, like, right? Like he didn't go running off. That's right. Okay, right, yeah, here, let's yeah, get yeah. out of here. He stayed. He said, wait, don't kill yourself. We're all still here. It's like he was willing to stay under the suffering, stay under the persecution, stay under the revilement because God was going to use it. And God did. Because listen to what happens. Then he ends up leading the jailer wow. and his entire family to Christ. So when they rejoiced in the midst of suffering, not only was they, were they set free, not only were they the was around them set free, but the jailer and his whole family gave their life to Jesus. Praise the Lord. That was the power of choosing to rejoice in the midst of persecution. And so I think what that really highlights to us is we don't know what God's going to do through our rejoicing. We may not see it right now. We may not know it right now. But our choice to rejoice may have a profound impact, will have a profound impact on our own life, but maybe not just on our life, but the life of those around us too. And I think maybe that's a big part of the reward that comes through the suffering is that God accomplishes purpose. The lost are one, the people are set free, we're set free. This rejoicing in everything is powerful and deeply impactful. Yes, and I think, I, I mean, I would agree that's such a beautiful um, story there of, and, and really that's a, what that is, is it, it's a perfect picture how light overcomes darkness. And I think that's what we're really dealing with is that when Amen. Jesus comes in, darkness can't stay. And when we choose in suffering, whether it's suffering, just going through suffering like a sickness or heartache or something like that, or whether it's suffering for the name of Jesus, when we choose to lean upon the Lord, and not just to lean upon the Lord, but to give thanks 
and to rejoice. We invite the very presence of God into that terrible situation. And when when God shows up, he enables us to give thanks and and give he gives us freedom from bitterness from that situation he gives us freedom from being resentful but not only that but he touches the lives of others i think that is so incredible and i think that's part of the reason that god allows it to happen is that he wants this he can take it he can even take what the enemy meant for evil and use it to accomplish his purpose and i think this is highlighted in scripture actually in romans 8 which is a very familiar verse romans 8 28 which just says and we know that god worketh all things together for good to them that love god to them who are the called according to his purpose but then you say, well, what is that purpose, right? It says he works all things together for good, but he gives these two qualifiers. It's for those that love God mm-hmm. and over those who are called according to his purpose. Yes. So what is that purpose? I think the next verse explains at least a part of it. It says in um, Romans eight twenty nine, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, wow. that he might be the firstborn among many, many brethren. brethren. And I think that we see in that that part of God's purpose in all things is to conform us to the image of his son. And one of the big things that he uses to conform us to the image of his son is suffering and persecution and difficulty. When we receive it with thanksgiving, God can use it to conform us to the image of his son. And therefore, if God can use all things to conform us to the image of his son, then he works all things together for good. And that good is not necessarily my personal happiness. It's Christ being formed in me. Yes. And, 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 and as we walk through suffering and difficulty and we rejoice, God uses it to conform us to the image of his son, and Jesus is seen in us. You mentioned um, in the first episode on this command rejoice about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who I think are an amazing picture of this. I love that story. <laughs> where these three men took a stand for Jesus. I yep. believe in humility, but boldness. They stood for Jesus. They were taken, um, long story short, they were um, they refused to bow down to the idol. Remember, he put right. up the statue, right. and they were supposed to bow down, and um, he, they said, if you don't, you'll be thrown in the fiery furnace. They refused to, and so the king was so angry that he heated the fire six or seven times hotter, right? So you're talking like, the, it was so hot. That's hot. That's so hot (laughs) that when these officers took them and threw them in, it says the guards that threw them into the furnace died because of the heat. So that's how hot it was. So he throws them back. He he binds them up and he throws them in the fire. And did you know something burned in that fire? It was the ropes that held them. Is that not amazing? And I feel like it's the same way with us. You know, when we walk through trial and difficulty, the one thing that burns is the ties that bind us. There are ties wow. in our life of temporal value system wow. and, and, and worldly ideas. And God can use suffering and difficulty and persecution to burn off the dross in our lives, to set us free from temporal values. And then it's amazing. The, the ropes were off. Yeah. Couldn't they have just walked yep. out, but they stayed That's in the right. fire, right? They sure could have. Yep. And the king looks. And he says, wait, I put three in there, but there's a fourth one. Mm. And the fourth one is like the son of God. Hallelujah. And, it, and, he, and he tells him to come out. And isn't it amazing that Jesus was recognized to be with them in the fire? And I believe it's the same way with us as believers. Jesus is recognized in us and with us when we walk through fire and walk that's through right. suffering, walk that's through right. difficulty, that it's like Jesus is seen in us. And I think that's part Hallelujah. of what it means. Even Isaiah, it says, glorify the Lord in the fires, right? When we walk yep. through the fire, Jesus is seen to be with us and he's seen us to be in us when we rejoice in the midst of persecution. Praise God. I love that story. But then the, then the different things, elements that you pulled out of that are just amazing. And I think that's exactly right of just... Jesus being glorified in the midst 
of the fires. And that's as we respond to them, as we receive his grace, we humble ourselves, we yield to him, he can reveal himself through us. It's so true. And and I, I think that a really good way to kind of, as we are finishing up this command on rejoice, is a story that I heard from Amy Carmichael. She was an amazing lady in India, rescued many, many orphans, for many young girls from a terrible life. And one time she was walking with her orphans and she looked and she saw someone refining gold and he was burning the dross off. And what he explained the process is that slowly he would heat the gold hotter and hotter and hotter. Mm -hmm. And each time he heated it, more dross, I think, would come off. And he said, if you just put it full heat, it would destroy the gold. But as he slowly heated it, what would destroy it now makes it. And it's like that in our life. God will use small tests and trials and difficulties to, um, to begin to burn the dross off and slowly the heat turns up. And when the heat turns up, we don't look at we shouldn't look at that as a negative thing. God's burning the dross off. Praise He's God. preparing us, Praise right? God. He's burning the things off in our life that aren't supposed to be there. And so then as it gets hotter and hotter and hotter, they said, How will you know when the gold is done? One of them, maybe Amy Carmichael, one of the orphans asked, How will you know when the gold is done? And the person refining the gold said, When I can see the reflection of my face in the gold, I know it's done. How cool is that? And I feel like when we walk are walking through a situation of revilement or persecution or false accusation, and we're like, Lord, how we know when you're done with what you want to do in me? And I believe the Lord is like, when I can see the reflection of my face Hallelujah. in your life. And it's like, okay, Lord, then have your way. That's right. Do everything that you want to. I will rejoice in the midst of this persecution because you're using it to reveal Christ in me. Yes, and that parallels so perfectly with the idea of the body of Christ being the bride of Christ and how it's through I think tests trials and persecutions that the body matures and it becomes it is prepared for the wedding and in many ways that's what happens in our lives when we properly respond to suffering and specifically suffering for Jesus's sake we are prepared to meet Jesus and I think that is so exciting and As we wrap up, for our listeners, we hope that you've been really encouraged with this command, the command of Christ, rejoice. We know it's kind of a a heavy topic, but it's an important one, and it really lays the foundation for trusting the Lord, giving thanks in all things, yielding everything we have to the Lord, because when we do those things— It's like what scripture says, the joy of the Lord becomes our strength. It Mm -hmm. is the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to make it through every situation in life, whether good or bad. Well, that's about all for this command, and we're just grateful that you guys have joined us. My challenge to you is rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We're looking forward to you guys joining us for our next episode. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the commands of Christ brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. If you would like to go deeper in this month's focus, head over to homediscipleshipnetwork.org where you can download a free study guide to accompany each command. And if today is your first time with us, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you will be able to join us each week as we explore the commands of Christ together. That's it for today, and we'll be back with more next week.